0: Good morning, everybody. Several years ago, a pastor's wife, Kay Warren, was tucking her 12-year-old son into bed at night, kissed him goodnight. And the 12-year-old boy said, Mom, will you just kill me and put me out of my misery? the 12-year-old boy went went on to die by suicide at the age of 25. We're talking this morning about challenges of mental illness and the Christian. Remember, this is part of our Soul Care series. According to 1 Thessalonians 5, we are made of body, soul, and spirit. The soul itself is made of mind, will, and emotions. So we're going to be talking this morning about diseases of the mind, just briefly, because we cannot, ex- ex- uh, we cannot talk, cover everything in 30 minutes. So if you stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. Is that in Malachi 11, sorry, Matthew 11, 28, 29, Matthew? Thank you. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Those who are suffering with mental illness, they are weary, they are carrying heavy bodies, their families are carrying heavy bodies, God said, I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. We're talking about soul care. Jesus says, come, I will give you rest, you'll find rest for your souls. Malachi 4.2. But for you who fear my name, and I pray that all of us will fear God's name, that the Son of Righteousness, Jesus Christ, will arise with healing in His wings, and you go out free, leaping with joy, like calves let out to pasture. Basically, you'll be glowing on the air, you'll be dancing in the air when, you come, when the Son of Righteousness comes. Jeremiah seventeen fourteen. Let's say this together, please. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Let's say it another way. Let's say us instead of me, because we're to so pray for one another. Heal us, O Lord, and we shall be healed. Save us, and we shall be saved, for you are our praise. Let's pray. You can sit down. As we were singing, light in the darkness... Another verse came to my mind. I will just read it quickly. Isaiah 50:10. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the servant? The servant in darkness says, Jesus. If you are walking in darkness, mental illness is walking in darkness without a ray of light. Trust in the Lord and rely on your God. Father, we thank you this morning because you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the light in the darkness, you are the way maker. You are, the, you are the one who works miracles, you are the one who heals, and we give you praise. We, your children come this morning needing grace, needing help, needing your assistance. And Father, as we talk about this delicate issue, I pray the Spirit of the living God will anoint my lips and speak through them, <coughs> will anoint our hearts and think through, and think through them. And Father, as I provide information, may God the Holy Spirit bring revelation. May people who are suffering get relief, get encouragement, get healing. We ask it, O oh God, in the matchless and majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our soon coming King. And everyone says. Amen. <coughs> we'll start by defining um, mental illness. You may be surprised, it's difficult to define, even among experts. Mental illness, difficult to define. Do you have this slide? Mental illness. All right. How about it? Mental illness is a medical condition. Please, it's not a spiritual condition, primarily. It's a medical condition. It results in disruption of person's thoughts, moods, and behaviors, and ability to relate to others that is severe enough to require intervention or treatment. Otherwise, normal, everyday life is a challenge or almost impossible. Medical condition, disruption in thoughts, moods, behaviors, and ability to relate to one another. It requires help, requires assistance, otherwise things are very difficult. What is the scope of the problem? The scope of the problem is not encouraging, but in Jesus there is hope. The scope of the problem itself is not encouraging. The National Alliance on Mental Illness reports that one in five adults in the U.S. will experience mental illness in one year, in any given year. One out of five, that's 20%. Now, not all these are serious. Give an example. There's a loss, there's grief, and grief is normal. But when grief is so severe, so pervasive, that it paralyzes your functioning, that you've gone into the area of mental illness. Normal, there's normal grief, and there's an area that goes into mental illness. Okay. So, one in five will have some sort of mental illness in a given year in the united states 46% of adults will experience mental illness at some point in their lives this is close to one this is close to one in 2 5% of adults will experience serious mental illness in one year 5% serious mental illness some will have more than one disorder this is what i should have known but i didn't realize until i started preparing for this Half of the mental disorders start by the age of 14, half. Three quarters by the age of 24. I see a few children, I see a lot more adults, I just didn't realize that a lot of it, half, starts at the, at the age of, by the age of 14. In the US, only about 41% seek mental health. In some areas, only about 17% seek assistance, seek medical assistance. According to WHO, World Health Organization, five of the ten leading causes of disability are mental illnesses. Five of the ten leading causes of disability. In this country, right now, not this year, next year, major depression will be the leading cause of disability. Major depression will be the second leading cause of medical diagnosis after heart disease. So we're talking about something pretty serious. When I got the statistics, I calculated that by the time we start this service and by the time we finish, about eight people could have committed suicide in the United States. Think about that. I asked this question the first time, during the first service. What do you think, which one do you think has a higher incidence? Homicides or suicides? You know what you are talking about, so it's suicide. What I didn't realize, is that it's three, almost three times. Suicide almost three times as common as homicides. Because we don't hear about suicide unless somebody, unless a, uh, somebody really popular uh, dies by suicide. In 2017, 47,000 people died by suicide. And in 2018, about 15,500 people died by homicide. Almost three to one. What I now want to do is to talk about people in the Bible or famous people who had serious mental challenges at one time or another. Job and Jeremiah and um, Jonah, they asked God to kill them. There was a time that they under serious pressure. I think jo- Jonah was just a pouting prophet. I think he just he just didn't want God's grace to be should be shown to people. But Job for sure, Jeremiah for sure, and Elijah, they were dealt with difficult situations that like they wanted to be, they, want, they asked God to kill them. Or Job and Jeremiah, they cursed the day they were born. They wished they were not alive. Martin Luther the reformer, you cannot go through history without learning about Martin Luther. Martin Luther the reformer suffered serious depression. Abraham Lincoln the president, serious depression. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time, suffered serious depression. Winston Churchill, maybe the human instrument that saved Britain during the Second World War, suffered bipolar disorder. His biographers will say that the bipolar disorder was useful because when you have bipolar disorder, you have excessive confidence, you have unusual amount of energy. But the problem is, in between, in between, there was serious. Bouts of depression, during which uh, Winston Churchill drank a lot of alcohol. John Nash, Nobel laureate in mathematics and economics, and economics, he suffered paranoid schizophrenia. But what I'm trying to say is that these people, in spite of their mental health challenges, they went on, in some cases, to fulfill the call of God in their lives, to advance the causes of the kingdom of God, and in some cases, they were called upon to, have to Help their country, save their country, deliver their country. What I'm trying to say is that mental illness is not the end of life. Yeah. Yeah. Mental illness does not mean there's no call of God on your life. Mental illness does not mean you give up hope. Because God can still use you. And there is help. Say there is help. Yes. Say there is hope. Yes. Okay. I want now to talk about the classification of mental illness. Yep. Classification of mental illness. You have that. If I don't. Okay, let me just go through this as quickly as I can. Mood disorders that include depression and bipolar disorder. Anxiety disorders that will include general anxiety, panic attacks. Each one has many subcategories. Personality disorders that include narcissistic personality, borderline personality, psychotic disorders include schizophrenia, eating disorders. Anorexia, bulimia, trauma related disorders, post traumatic stress syndrome, substance induced disorders, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, uh, autism. But the big three depression, anxiety, and PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder, big three. Anxiety and depression, the church will see that a lot. And people, unfortunately, have been abused. People are coming back from the military areas who may be suffering from um, post traumatic stress disorder. I want to talk about the next several minutes. I want to talk about some myths, some false impressions, false information about mental disorder. One is that mental illness is a sign of weakness. Remember, the brain is part of the body. If somebody has a fracture, you're not going to say that's weakness. Many people have been told that it's a moral weakness. Many people already feel guilty because they have mental illness. Many people are made to feel guilty. Many people have been told just to snap out of it. If someone has a fracture, you won't tell them to snap out of it. If someone has a seizure disorder, you you will not tell them to snap out of it. Mental illness is an illness like any other illness, it is not a sign of weakness. Mental health condition does not mean you are crazy. I have seen many cases over the years, many people over the years, who will not see a psychiatrist. They say, "I will just see you, just do the best you can." And I said, "A the best I, the best I can do may not be good enough, be good enough for you, because I'm not a psychiatrist. I spend one hour to two hours on the psychiatric unit every day. I've done that for 20 years. But that doesn't make me a psychiatrist. Some people need to see a psychiatrist. Some people need to see a mental health counselor. And they are not crazy. They are not crazy. Mental illness is a sign that you're not spiritual, similar to what I've said before. So when you have an illness, mental illness, just tough it out, just pray, just fast. And people say that to other people. What happens then is that they're already guilty like having a mental illness, why not tell them to pray and fast more? They, got, they, have more they, have, they even feel more guilt. And in some cases, I just saw a lady in my office this past week who told me that member, members of her church told her not to take medications. But she didn't listen to them obviously because she came to, me, came to see me. My point is, you don't know what pain people are going through. And Be careful before you say anything, because what you say may not be accurate. What you say may actually be more hurtful to the people you are trying to help. Mental illness, they say, some people say, it's a sign that there is sin in your life. And I say, if that is so, everybody will have mental illness. (laughs) So it is not a sign of sin in the life. To be sure, it is helpful for the believer to confess his or her sins to God. Please give me 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. 1 John chapter 1. It's helpful for the believer to confess his sins to God. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Verse 9. But if we confess our sins, that if there is third class condition in the Greek, that means maybe you will, maybe you won't. But if you do, if you confess your sins, say God is faithful and just to forgive all our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That means when you confess a known sin, God will forgive the known sins and also forgive all known sins that you committed that you didn't even know. Everything is covered here. You cannot be holy without this verse. It's impossible to be holy without confession of sin. Impossible. So every, every believer must practice this on a daily basis. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to put your faith, your trust, your confidence in Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul. That is the ultimate soul care. When the series of soul care, the ultimate soul care is salvation of the soul. Ultimate. Now, it is possible for mental illness to be the result of a sin. It is possible. Not always, but it's possible. If you give in Daniel chapter 4, verse 33. Nebuchadnezzar was the mightiest emperor in his time. He was so powerful. And he was impressed with his own might and power. He forgot that God is the ultimate sovereign. And he was warned. He saw a dream. He was warned. And he was told, obey God. Recognize that God is king. Otherwise, God will remove you from your throne. And he did not listen. After a year, what happened to him was this. Daniel 4.33, the same hour, the judgment was fulfilled, and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow. He was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as the eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. This is a medical condition called lycanthropy. Lycos in the Greek means wolf, anthropos in the Greek means man. Wolfman. And there are a few cases that have been described in medical literature where people actually believed they were animals and they were living like animals. Some was, one was recorded to be eating grass like cows, true history. So that is what Nebuchadnezzar suffered as a result of pride, arrogance, and being full of himself. A little, a little bit of theology here. In the Bible, there are descriptive passages and there are prescriptive passages. A descriptive passage was Nebuchadnezzar was arrogant, he became like an animal. That does not mean that once you're arrogant and proud, you become like an animal. Okay. An example, when I teach this, the example I like to use is the people of Israel, they murmured against God, they murmured against Moses, and God sent serpents into their midst. Several thousands die. That does not mean that if you murmur against church leadership, you're going to die. they God will to send snakes. Otherwise, there won't be any churches around. Because people do murmur against leadership a lot. It's not good to murmur against leadership, but it doesn't mean God will send snakes. Let me give you an example of a prescriptive passage. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That is a prescriptive. You believe, you see the word believe there, pistol in the Greek means to trust. To trust, to trust. Trust in Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Trust and be safe. That's prescriptive. Another um, myth is that mental illness is demonic. It's always demonic. I say not so. I repeat, not so. It can be, but usually it is not so. There's a mental illness theory called chemical imbalance theory. If you give me the slide of a nerve cell, slide of a nerve cell, In my former life, I used to be a professor of anatomy, but I will not be doing that today. <laughs> the slide of a nerve cell. Thank you. The brain contains billions of cells. The cells do not actually touch one another. They come in close proximity. There's a s- so That is a nerve cell. That is another nerve cell. This is the area where the two nerve cells come into close proximity. You magnify that many times. It comes a portion of a nerve cell, portion of a nerve cell. There's a space called synapse. In the synapses, there are neurotransmitters. The neurotransmitters, some neurotransmitters, they are involved in causing certain diseases. Other neurotransmitters involved in causing other diseases. Noepinephrine, epine- uh, no-epinephrine dopamine, and serotonin, very important in causing depression. When you now change to uh, dopamine, uh, glutamate and norepinephrine in schizophrenia. Why now use glutamate and another neurotransmitter called gamma aminobutyric acid that is involved in the in seizures? The same, similar process is seizures and mental illness. If you say seizures are always by illness, as always by medical uh, demonic, yeah, you know that will not be true. Okay, you just when somebody has a seizure, just don't say just pray, just pray. They go to the hospital. Okay, same thing with mental illness. This is simplicity, but this together. So when people say chemical imbalance, that is what we mean: chemical imbalance, imbalance in the neurotransmitters and in the proportion of electric activity in the nerve cells. Imbalance, chemical imbalance. have said that mental illness can be a result of demonic activity it can be not always so but it can be in 1st kings 1st uh, samuel 18 the bible says that god allowed a distressing spirit to afflict king saul and king saul became seriously paranoid okay that's a distressing spirit that's demonic and if you give me mark chapter 5 you see an extreme case of demonization. Mark chapter 5. When Jesus came, climbed out of the boat, a man possessed, I don't like the term possessed, I'll say that in a second, a man influenced, afflicted, I use the word afflicted, afflicted by an evil spirit, came out from the cemetery to meet him. The man lived among burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains and shackles from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the barrier caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. That is a de- it's an extreme case of demonization. That is mental illness, in this case caused by demons. The reason I don't like possessed is because that is not faithful to the Greek. The Greek word is diamonizomai. means to be afflicted or to have a demon. Possessed by a demon means the demon totally owned you. That's not true. Okay. I wish there's more time. Actually, if you want to know more, see Pastor Chris. She will will, will tell you. So diamonizomai doesn't mean to be possessed. It means to be afflicted. How do we tell if somebody has demon affliction or just mental illness? I want to say outright, it is not easy. That is why God allowed the gift of discernment of spirits to be operating in the church. That is why it's good to go for prayer. When people begin to pray, God will reveal things to them. There was a case in my former church in South Carolina. In the evening, I was praying. We were praying, not me. I was the elder there, but I was doing the prayer, but it was a group. Okay? This man had told me before he had bipolar disorder. He had it for a long time, and he even knew the different medications, and the groups are that the medications belonged to. As I anointed him with oil, made the sign of the cross over his face, over his forehead, his face got really red. A growling, angry voice came from him, and he was blaspheming. We knew when the presence of a demonic entity we arranged for, for de- deliverance for him. Okay. So, mental illness can be a result of demonic oppression. Not always so. How do you tell? If someone is hearing voices that tell you to kill yourself, kill other people, watch out. In the past year, a man, a, a little boy, was told me that he was hearing these voices that told him to kill his mother. And he said, I don't want to kill my mother. I love my mother. And he was hearing these voices. So I told him, when you he heard these voices, just pronounce the name Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's the most powerful name in heaven and earth. Okay. If somebody is seeing things that no one else sees, just this week, one little girl told me he saw a man in all black, big guy in all black, red eyes like fire. And this guy was telling her to kill herself. The same, I have the same recipe, Jesus, 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 Jesus. If you can't say anything, just keep repeating the name of Jesus. That thing telling her to kill herself, I believe is demonic. You can hear a female speak with a male voice. When I was in South Carolina, one of my former students who was a believer, told me that he was talking to a, a lady in the psychiatric unit. A lady, then she started speaking with a man's voice. The voice said, I own this girl. If you try to, to help her, I will kill you. So the man said, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. You cannot touch me. But the thing is that this girl, this lady, was speaking with a man's voice and claimed to own the lady. The voice claimed to own the lady. That's demonic. There are times when there is paralyzing fear for no good reason. Could be demonic. Could be demonic. Okay. Remember, we do not war against flesh and blood, but we war against demonic powers and entities in the, spirit, in the heavenly places. Another myth is that suicide is a cowardly act. Please be careful when you make statements like that. People who die by suicide have been living through pain, mental pain, a lot. And it is not right to say, to say uh, they, they are cowards because they live through pain that we cannot imagine. People who die by suicide kill themselves because they lose hope. Losing hope is a very serious thing. Please give me Jeremiah 29:11. Jeremiah 29 11. Losing hope is a very serious thing. And I've shared this verse many times with people in the hospital. Jeremiah 29 11, many times I've asked the, my patient to actually read it. So I know the plans I have for you. God is speaking to us. I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster. Let's read the last part together. To give you a future and hope. God wants each person a future and hope. So that's... okay. God wants us to have hope. Another myth is that this may be a little bit controversial. I hope it's not. Because some churches do believe in it. That if you're a believer and you commit suicide... and I shouldn't say commit suicide. I try to get myself... Not to say die by suicide... One of my daughters corrected me, said, you don't say commit suicide anymore. It's not like committing a felony. It's die by suicide. Okay? So if a believer who dies by suicide, some, some people believe the, the believer who goes to hell. And I say no. I really say no. I believe, I say no. Please give me Romans 8, 38 and 39. Some people have told... Loved, uh, loved ones, lo- family members, whose loved ones just died from suicide, that your family member who died is in hell. How, can, how, can, how heartless can you be? Even if you believe it, you should keep quiet. <laughs> Besides being bad theology, it's just not common sense to say. Okay. Romans uh, 8.38, uh, Paul is speaking through the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Verse 39. No power in in the sky above or the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. All I'm just saying is be sure you're in Christ Jesus. If you're not sure in Christ Jesus, come to faith in Christ Jesus. Once you're in Christ Jesus, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Impossible. Impossible. That's what the verse says. Impossible for anything. Even weaknesses, even sickness, even mental illness cannot separate anyone from the love of God. I tell people, I'm sure you've heard this. Oh, haven't said that. Haven't said that. I want to remember we are made in God's image. We are made in God's image. We should not be planning suicide. You cannot you cannot help what you think. You need help, but to actually plan, I think you can help that. You can help that. We should not be planning suicide because we are made in God's image. And I tell my patients, do not use permanent solution for temporary problems. If you kill yourself, you are dead. That's permanent. But suicidal thoughts can go. Will go away, especially if you get help. Thoughts, suicidal thoughts, will go away. That's temporary problem. Suicide is permanent solution. And we shouldn't use permanent solution for temporary problems. What are the oh, the other thing, the other myth, so mental illness is not treatable. That's a myth. That's error. Mental illness is treatable. May not always be curable. Diabetes, in most cases, is treatable. Not curable. Hypertension, most of time, is treatable. Not curable. Uh, dyslipidemia, high cholesterol levels, is treatable. Most of the time, not curable. I have my patients say, my, my numbers are good. Now, can I start the medicine? Say, no. Your numbers are good because they're taking the medicine. If you start the medicine, numbers will go up. Unless you're a total vegetarian. Total vegetarian, maybe. Stop it. So, Anyway. My point, <laughs> my point is that there are many chronic illnesses. Mental illness is just one of the many chronic illnesses. Treatable, most of this is not curable. There should not be any stigma on mental illness. should not be any stigma. There was a lady who was afraid to let, the pastor's wife, afraid to let the congregation know that she was suffering from mental illness because she was afraid she was going to affect her husband's ministry. In this church, in this church, we will work with anybody who has mental illness. In this church, we will not be, you will not be alone. In this church, you will not be alone. Yeah. Having said that, what is the response of the church? Statistics tell us that people and families with mental illness, they call the church first. They don't go to the doctor first. They call the church first. My recommendation is that if somebody, is 10 to, somebody calls the church, one is trying to commit to die by to kill herself or uh, himself, the person should go to immediately to the emergency room or activate the suicide call. And the person who takes the call will activate the prayer chain in the church. I'm talking about two things now. Go to the hospital, activate prayer chain, because prayer is important. When there's no emergency, people can be sent to the prayer room. There are three times people meet in the prayer room um, every day there are some people in the prayer room right now if you need help, you can go to the prayer room after this, somebody, some people will pray for you pray with you and it's important, about two months ago a gentleman came to the prayer room and only let and another lady and I spoke to the gentleman, prayed with him I shared some scriptures with him he came back two weeks later, looking for us he said what he didn't tell us before he was planning to kill himself that day as a result of prayer and sharing the word of God, you know there's power in the word of God. As a result of prayer and sharing the word of God, he did not kill himself. What I'm trying to say is remind us there's power in prayer, there's power in the word of God. Amen. So prayer team members, be ready to pray, ready to anoint with oil, and just wait to see what God, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. Because when you are praying for someone, I've seen it too many times, God will begin to reveal things to us. Please give me 2 Chronicle, Chronicles 16:12. I have emphasized the importance of going to see the doctors, the psychiatrists. I have emphasized the importance of uh, going for mental health counseling. But we shouldn't just do that. There's there's prayer involved. This is a good king, good King Asa. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Yet even in the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but only turned to the physicians. I ask you, who is more powerful, God or the physician? So when there's a serious illness, don't just go to the doctor, receive prayer. Receive prayer, receive prayer, yeah. because it's important. Right. I've seen many people come to my office, I know they've prayed for them, and I help them, they think I'm smart. It's not because of me some people have been praying for them. Yeah. It's, it always works. So the church will need a list of psychiatrists, Family doctors, uh, paediatricians, even obstetricians, because some ladies they are so healthy they don't need anybody else for the obstetrician. So the obstetrician has to be ready to, to help in this, and also mental health therapists to help you. In the time we have, let's say, give me the slide on pillars of care. Pillars of care. I've used this many times in the over the past 20 years. Pillars of care. Spiritual support. That's I've emphasised. the prayer we're talking about. Prayer, prayer, the Word of God. And I actually say, have somebody give you a verse you can stand on in the Word of God. And stand on that verse. Spiritual support. Social support. Family. Many people are mentally ill, either because of what they have done. Some of them, because of what they have done, they are alienated from their families. That makes things very difficult. We have to be ready to help here. Family, uh, social support. Doing things, fun things with others. Not going to drink and get drunk, I tell my patients. But going out with people, dinner, just meeting with people is helpful. Exercise and healthy diet. Exercise, healthy diet. One of the pastors in this church told me that God told him he was abusing his body. And he asked God, why? He said, because you work too hard, you don't exercise. Exercise is important. Medications, we'll talk about medications and mental health counseling. I want to say... Something about children. Some children are diagnosed with serious mental illness as early as seven years of age. School can be stressful. We adults will say, well, "What is there? What's there in school that can be st- that stressing them?" But school can be stressful. When people tease you, it can be stressful. When people bully, it can be stressful. In the psychiatric unit during school year, both in the Atamanu, both arms are filled with people, with kids. During holidays, only one side. Means there's more stress in school time and people and kids need mental help. Let me say this. The presence, the absence of fathers in the house makes things more difficult for the children. You may divorce your wife, you can't divorce your children. You may divorce in case it's your girlfriend or something, or separate, but you can't, you can't separate from your children. Your input as men, your see, by and large, women are doing a great job. A man, a woman cannot be father and mother. It's, it's impossible. Fathers in the home, very important. Very important. I want to talk in um, one second about uh, insomnia. Good sleep is important for mental health. Before you go to mypillow.com, <laughs> please check this. Check these passages. <laughs> Psalm three, verse five. I lay down, I lay down and slept. And yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. Psalm 4, verse 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. Proverbs 3, 24. You can go to bed without fear. You will lie down and sleep soundly. Say sleep soundly. That's the word of God. It's when you have prayed this and and you still have problems, then seek medical help i close with this. An evangelist, an apologist, an apologist is someone who makes rational defense of 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 the gospel. His name is Dr. Ravi Zacharias. When he grew up in India, at the age of about 17, he tried to kill himself. When he was in hospital, somebody brought a Bible for him. He read the Bible and he became saved. He was called by God into the ministry, but his ministry was to present the gospel into hostile, hostile audiences because he was defending the gospel. My point is that he tried to kill himself, but he got saved, believed in Jesus Christ, and his life was changed around. What I'm trying to tell you is if you are here, whether mental illness or no mental illness, it's very important to put your trust, your confidence, your faith in Jesus Christ for the salvation of your soul. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want people to Whose families, if you're here and you have a mental, uh, have mental illness in your family, I'd like you to come forward. If you have mental illness yourself, I'd like you to come forward. So when you are coming forward, nobody knows what is what, families or people who have mental illness themselves. I will pray with you and I hand over to Pastor Jason. Family, mental health issues in your family or you yourself, please come forward. If one in five people in a year. It's got to be mother. Either you or a family member. You or a family member. I want to read Psalm 34, 18. Psalm 34:18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. You or a family member dealing with mental illness, the Lord is close to you. He said, He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God Almighty rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Either you or a mental or a family member dealing with mental illness, please come forward. I will pray. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servants? If you're walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. God is the one who provides light in darkness. Let us pray father in heaven you are Lord God Almighty you created heaven and earth by your word and the Bible says oh God that you send your word and you heal them there's power in your word either through the spoken word through the written word there's power in your word you see your children standing before you they're not standing before me they're standing before you mental illness in the family mental illness in themselves your name one of your glorious and majestic names it's Jehovah Rapha. You're the Lord who heals us. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will bring healing. I pray you glorify yourself. I pray, God, that you bring encouragement, bring relief. Some people are going through mental pain. Some will be thinking of suicide. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you will help. I pray that you will heal. I pray that you will encourage. And I pray that you do what no human doctor can do, that you bring healing, oh God. And Father, I pray that people will be courageous enough to seek mental health. I thank you for hearing us. We worship you. We bless you, God. Thank you that you provide light and darkness. Glory be to your name, O God. In Jesus' powerful name, Amen.